Hello, my name's Emily Rosen. This is Kirsten Creason, and we have our special guest, Jessica Kettle. Say hi. Hello. We're so excited you're here. I'm yes, so thank you for joining. Yes. Okay, so we, we do like to get you involved in our recent Marco Polo threads. These are yes. like friends or family members mm-hmm. or our sister threads. And we always are talking about like the most random, I mean, I'm assuming this is how yours are too. Random most topics. random things, yes. yes. So a couple of topics that we had that, this week that we want to mm-hmm. just get your opinion on. Okay. Yeah. So our little sister, Marco Polo, and was like, I found this sweatshirt. It's secondhand. It's a Neen Bing. 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 Do you know a Neen Bing? No. Thank you. I didn't know it either. I'm going to pull it up. I felt like I was just like so underqualified. You're like, Emily, you idiot. Because I had no idea. But anyway, she was like, it's kind of expensive. I want to get your thoughts. Mostly, I just want you to convince me that I need to buy it. And here, Kirsten will show you a picture. Is, yeah. We'll, we'll post on Instagram, too, so people can see. No? I'm so confused. No okay, idea. So she Never spends $150 on, like, a sweatshirt. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 And to me, I'm like, Second I, hand. I could. Second hand. Bless. I, yeah. You could have told me this was a $10 DI find, and yeah. I would have believed you. But, of course, you know, Kirsten's super like. super cute. It looks this really good on her. This is great quality. This yeah. is good. You I will get I it. I can talk anyone into buying anything. I love I'm it. super good at it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So she buys it. She loves it. She had a screenshot of it because she sent it to the, to the sisters. Yeah. And um, then her husband sees the screenshot. Huge mistake. Yeah. And don't, don't screenshot. No. Erase evidence. <laughs> no. And he's yeah. like, what is this? Yeah. So I'm wondering, is there anything you've ever bought that your husband later finds out about and is a little bit alarmed? Or, or any like impulse buying? Yeah. Oh, you guys. Well, I mean, I can't really tell you because don't <laughs> he's just is he going to listen? No. Is he going to listen? No, he probably won't. Let's be yeah. honest. Okay. It's fine. I feel like if I had like a big purchase, I don't think I could like pull off no. hiding it. Nothing like really huge, but I am a pro at like, I'll buy things, hide them like under, <laughs> like leave them in the trunk yes. for a couple of days and then Garage. like slowly bring them in. Like, oh, we've had this for a year. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, you've never seen this. You can't bring all the bags in when they're home. You gotta wait no. till they go, and then you can no. slowly trickle. Kirsten, didn't you used to like hide bags in your trunk when you were first married? Um, not, everyone did. I mean, yeah, or like just yes. anywhere, the garage. Okay. You just don't want it's for their own good. Yeah. You don't want to alarm them. Yeah, you know, like these are obviously things you need, but like they don't know. They that. don't know. No. Yeah. Yes. So you, it's and also, don't good. you think husbands have like a warped sense of like what things are and how much they should a cost? Thousand? million like, percent yes well it's just hard what's important to me is not going to be important to my yeah. husband yeah. necessarily yeah like pillows for example oh i mean they could be hundreds of dollars no. and, and they should be yes but yeah. also i feel like if i bought pillows and they were 15 dollars, my husband would be like 15 dollars for a pillow like and i think it's stupid because it's like a meal like yeah. you could go oh, it's like, literally yeah. nothing and it yeah. has nothing to do with the dollar amount and everything to do with not understanding its value yeah, in your yes, life yes. Like the last thing we need is more pills they could have been free and he'd be like great yeah free like pills. we need like, that yes yeah. yeah it's a struggle it's yeah, a struggle it is or i buy like things on marketplace i'm such a marketplace you're so good at that's it. a great way to go i, I love it I, I love secondhand i cannot i i will like scroll it but I can't really ever find anything that I'm like, this is the treasure I've always needed. You guys, I think it's like 
partly about the furniture and partly about the dopamine hit. If I'm being totally honest, yeah. like there's well, it's like a rush. thrill. It is a thrill. Like you have, you have, you find something good. Yeah, it's going to mm-hmm. be a little bit more unique. You're not just buying it online. True, yeah. and it's a deal. Yes. Yeah. It's always a deal. If it's yeah. on sale, it's yeah. so much better. Yeah, totally. Which is why this secondhand sweatshirt was a deal. At a hundred and fifty dollars, so cute on her. Yes, Nicole, you rock that sweatshirt. It looks so good on you. Good job, Nicole. Okay, second thing we talked about this week. So I wanted to hire a psychic for a Halloween dinner. I am really like I've watched all the medium shows. Yeah, like I'm a huge believer. Huge. Kirsten will believe. I will believe pretty much anything somebody tells her. A thousand percent. Yes. So so funny. But then as it got closer, I got worried about the spirits. Yeah. That would come and maybe not leave my house. Kirsten messaged some professionals. <laughs> and I she's did. like, can you just tell me, <laughs> when you leave, do the spirits leave with you? Well, because I would go see one if they had like a medium sh- store. Sure. Or something. I would go to them. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I want them coming to my house. I feel like that's a valid point. Would you do How that? How do you feel about yeah. psychics, mediums? I feel like it's not for me. Okay. Like it's just not something that I feel like pulled to it all but actually I was listening to your guys's conversation about mermaids and about how we've only discovered oh, like four yes. percent of the ocean and then how they're real yeah they, they could definitely be they real must yeah. be. I actually feel that way very much about like god and I'm sort of oh, like listen we don't know uh, yeah. we don't know everything know, like, like I never like to put limitations mm-hmm. if something else works for somebody else and they've had a positive experience and they believe in that I'm like Good for you. That's me too. That's how I feel. Why don't you introduce our followers with a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, I hate introducing myself. Does everyone? Do you want me to do it? I can do it. (laughs) I actually practiced your introduction a bunch of times, but Emily was like, it feels too scripted. Yeah, it was a little scripted, but just tell us what you know about her. You are a mostly brand photographer now, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. So you do lifestyle, you do um, interior still. Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you also speak at events. You've done a few workshops. Yeah. yeah. Little things here and there. there. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. And then you also sell presets. Yes. Which tell us a little bit about presets. I don't think Emily has even heard the word. I am very ignorant when it comes yeah. to anything with photography. So what does that even mean? Yeah. Presets. The listeners? They're not very different than a filter. Like okay. really the difference between a filter and a preset is that a preset, you can see all of the different little adjustments that have been applied. And so you can go in and change it really easily as opposed to a filter. It's just like all or nothing and you can maybe change the opacity um and presets are used in lightroom and mm. photoshop it's only. An app. yes so, yes yeah. i i have heard of lightroom what is opacity never heard that opacity like how, i feel like it's like how um like how strong yeah like dense almost like i don't know yeah but like yeah it's like the percentage of the adjustment being applied so you could okay. like run it at full strength you yes. could do it at 75 percent 50 percent So the presets are then preset to be what you as a photographer have a good eye for. Yeah. So basically I created, um, based on like settings that I had developed as a professional photographer over time, things that I was doing over and over again. Um, I kind of fine tuned them into like six or seven of my favorite grouped settings. And I created a set for professionals and also sets for just like iPhone users. And so that's that's what I I need. That's That's what I I need. They're fun. I've loved them. I love it. I've had your presets for years and they're the best ones. They are my favorite ones. So let's talk a little bit about you as a photographer. I have known you as a photographer 
like, oh, yeah, I think you started 2007. Does that sound yeah. right? Okay. Uh-huh. So I have known you, like, as long as I've known you, you've been yeah. a photographer. Yes. So tell us a little bit about how you got started. So I went to school for journalism and um, never intended to really use it. I just was decent at it. I was a decent writer. So I'm like, cool, great, awesome, uh-huh. love it. And, um, but I did do a photography, like, 1010 class just for, like, my college art credit. And I really liked it. But I was a junior and I was like, there is no way I'm starting over with school. Like, that was fun. That was great. Did a photojournalism class. Loved that. Um, and then once my son, my oldest son, Max, was born, um, my parents gave me my first digital camera. And I just, you know, typical new mom, yeah. classic tale, took yes. a zillion photos of him. Every day. Yes. yes. And wanted, you know, at the time I was, I was a young mom and I couldn't afford, like, to go hire professionals for all the different milestones. And I totally remember ignorantly thinking like, I could do that. Like <laughs> I, I could figure that Why out. Not? And so I just started doing it and I started practicing on my friends and their kids and my nieces and nephews. And I kind of, then we moved to Utah when my oldest was just a few months old. And when we moved here, I just started telling people I was a photographer. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. You just oh, owned wise. it. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. was like, yes, I'm a photographer. Yeah. Well, you don't, you don't, Correct me if I'm wrong, but most people probably don't have like a degree in photography, no. right? Yeah. I would say most don't. Are self-taught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not know you were self-taught. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I like technically learned like some basics from black and white film in school and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but only so much of that translates to yeah. digital. So, so and then yeah. I found you, Emily, back in 2007, there were these things called blogs and they pretty <laughs> much don't exist anymore. Uh, you wouldn't I'm know. not that young. We're, we're nine years apart. So like, but I you, remember your blog. You yeah, had a blog. Yeah, but you didn't like read it every day. Uh, actually, you know, Like, yeah, did sometimes. you go down the list and look at Kirsten's friends and click on their blogs? That's did what I want to know. Did you spend hours <laughs> no. Okay, diving. okay, okay, okay. No, you don't know like we I know. know what a blog is. Yeah. Not f- too familiar. So I found you through the blogging yeah. sphere. I had a blog. You had a blog. And so we connected. Yes. And I feel like back then it was a little bit of like a tighter community, you know, mm-hmm. like it was it was just the best of times. I miss those <laughs> yeah, days Yeah, it wasn't so, so saturated. Mm-mm. Yeah, it was so great. So every day you would wake up, you would roll out of bed, you would grab your laptop, because you didn't have it on your phone. You can like read a blog on your phone. That's no. Yeah, that's you the first thing you do is laptop. check your blogs. Yeah, this is like olden days. Yes, information for you. Okay, and then you would go Educate through, me. and you would like it was like reading the news. You would yeah. like see what everyone had posted, and yeah. it was so great. It was I miss great. those days. Yeah. And Wait, do either of you keep a blog now? Does it no. Blog no. No. Uh-uh. Does anybody mm-hmm. blog? No. Yeah. I mean, like professional people with their stuff together yeah not me yeah no yeah, yeah. We, we don't have time for that no uh-uh. but we used to blog what you would instagram, instagram about mm-hmm. now okay yeah got it so like literally you could do like one picture and people would have like 100 comments and it was just like the best so that's so fun so great it's just you just felt good about yourself every day <laughs> it was so nice um and then so that's how i found you and you did some photography for a few of my projects mm-hmm. and you photographed my my second's birth, my daughter yeah. Jane. Yeah, you came in and did that, which was awesome. That's so fun. That's yeah. so cool. How was that? I loved it. I really went through a birth photography phase for a few years there. I've photographed probably like 50 to 60 births, and I loved it. Do you love babies? Um, No. It's okay. I don't, I don't either. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I do. I love babies in the way that yeah. everyone loves babies. But I think I loved birth because I loved – I was really fascinated with the process of it, and I had just had – my second and had a natural birth and then it was like oh wow good so, for you, you did. yes so intrigued by the whole process and I think what's cool about photography is that it really is kind of um 
a way that you get to experience the world and it's the way you get to explore things that interest you. And it can kind of be like your ticket into places you don't really have any business being. And I feel like I've met so many different people, explored so many different topics and I, I loved photographing births, but the lifestyle is pretty rough. Like being on call. Mm. Yeah. And it could stressful. be hours, right? Yeah. Of them in labor. That would totally. Be, yeah. That'd be pretty hard. I don't think I could do that. But it's so special and it's so unscripted and it's mm. like a very, so raw. yeah, it's so raw and it's, um, I don't know. I just, I loved it so much. Yeah. It's, it was, it was incredible. Well, you were great at it. You made me feel like very at ease. So I appreciate it. So then tell us kind of where your photography career is now currently. Yeah. So, um, I shot really my main gig for the longest amount of time was shooting weddings and I was shooting, you know, 20 to 30 weddings a year. I was traveling quite a bit. Um, and I loved that for so, so long. And then when I was pregnant with my fourth, I just like knew I was done. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have that gut feeling and you're Mm -hmm. like, Oh, this is we over. We both had that. Yeah. 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 It's kind of the worst. You it's just like, kind of feel it's like terrifying. it's at its time. Yeah. Yeah. And so I kind of knew it was over. I felt super burnout. I didn't want to, like, I'd, especially with the births of both of my girls, I it was like the peak of my career. And I was hustling really hard when they were newborns. And I was like, this is my last baby. I don't want to do that. Like, I want to be able to enjoy it. So I kind of took a back seat took some time to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And commercial photography is just like easier with your time. Um, You're not having to like win over 25 new clients Mm -hmm. every single year. Um, You get to establish relationships. And so I kind of slowly got into that. And I was still a little bit unsure of what exactly that was going to look like. Um, And I just kept feeling like something is going to come together. Like there's got to be a better way to do this. Like I was looking at my finances and like what I was making did not add up with what mm-hmm. I needed to make. And mm-hmm. I was like, there's got to be a smarter way. And then presets kind of fell into my lap, but made a lot of sense for me. I'm kind of an editing nut. And I am I think every photographer has like a thing that they're really good strength, at, like yeah, technically. That's yours. And editing is a strength for me. And so it just made a lot of sense. And I launched presets thinking like, oh, this this might be like a good gig. And then it was way more successful, at least financially than I ever was as a photographer. And so then I was like, here we go. Okay. This is well, it. and it's kind of passive income, right? Yeah. Like you do the work up front and then it sells. Yeah. It's an evergreen product. I mean, I think that I probably didn't realize how much work goes into marketing a, a yeah. product mm-hmm. versus marketing yourself as a service. So that was a big learning curve. Um, but I really loved it. And I felt like I got to meet so many people. You get to help a lot of people in a very different way. Um, and I was home more. That's so, right. Yeah. And so now with the brand photography, which mm-hmm. is like where you really focus, do you, are you full time with that? Like, how do you kind of split your time? Oh gosh. it it totally depends. Like this month, I feel like I am like full time and then some like it's it's really really crazy um a lot of brands are kind of in the pre-holiday shuffle yeah yeah Yeah. and so it's really busy and then also I barely did anything for like the entire month of August and so it kind of waxes and wanes a lot um it's kind of nice though like I feel like it's nice that you can go into it knowing it's going to be busy but that there will be a break that this mm-hmm. isn't like forever. Yeah. And in general, it's nice, I think, with owning your own business to be able to sort of set your own timeline. You can say yes. You can say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. Probably, and I know. You probably don't say no, though. Do you say no? Oh, no, I do say no. Okay, I good. say no a lot. Good. Um, especially to stuff that's kind of outside my 
wheelhouse now. Like people still approach me for weddings and I don't say yes. Um, You're so good. You're so good at weddings. I loved it. It really was so great. But kind of I get like a stomach ache when I like, I'll be like, oh, I really love this person or Mm. I shot their sister's wedding or something. And if I really think about it, it's like that. No, this is, does not align well with my life right now. So Yeah. yeah. Was there, were weddings like a lot of pressure? Yes. Like just no big deal. Someone's like most important day of their life. Yes. Yeah. It was a lot of pressure that way. I used to, especially when I traveled for weddings, it like makes you a little bit crazy because then you have to get on a flight and you're, you have like your digital files with you. And I am like a little bit of a chaotic person. And so I was like, what if I forget a bag or if like something happens or anyway, it, it made me very, very anxious. And so I always shot on two sets of cards and I'd put like one card in one bag, one bag card in another bag, and then put it on a laptop and on a hard drive and I'd put them all in different places in case someone like dumped water on me or like so smart so that part was a lot of pressure but like the craziness of the day I actually really thrived on Mm. I I loved it it's fast paced it's you have to be able to think on your feet like a super fun energy I bet yeah that's Mm -hmm. awesome okay I want to talk to you about like photography trends (laughs) because this is something I have like really wrestled with a little bit Mm -hmm. okay when you started when you came on the scene back when you were blogging Mm -hmm. look behind my lens look look through my lens look through my lens dot blogspot that was your blog yeah 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 the best okay back in those days the photography style was so bright Mm -hmm. very like colorful yeah and I feel like that's kind of what you were known for just like really light and airy and like classic photography Mm -hmm. now we're trending darker yeah are we yeah darker brown this is new to me brown we're all the browns Emily. all the browns very yes tell me what is trendy like what do i need to know i feel like photography trends a lot of times follow other trends like you know at the time really bright home decor was Mm -hmm. popular and really bright clothing like and the teals yeah teals corals yes so much teal um and so i feel like photography kind of like followed that and I feel like now everything is so muted and neutral and like earth tones and I think photography has followed that as well mm-hmm. um I always describe it like I I'll sometimes be scrolling through Instagram or Pinterest and I'm like oh I need to turn the lights on yeah like I feel like someone really, has turned just, all the lights uh, off yeah. it's like so it's dark deep but it's beautiful I mean I yeah. love it I'm mm-hmm. just like curious like do you feel like this is a long-term trend do you feel like yeah. we're we're going to get back to that, how it used to be. I think photography will continue to follow trends, but I think, I'm sure actually that you deal with this with interiors as well. I think that you have to like see the trend, acknowledge the trend, mm-hmm. and like you have to incorporate some of that into your style in order to stay relevant. But I think it's so important to always be incorporating like classic elements. Um, like I always kind of like, if I was to describe my brand, I used to always say like fresh, modern, classic. Mm. Um, and I think you have to kind of stay rooted in some like traditional classic elements so that your body of work doesn't expire, you that know, makes sense. like, yeah, I, well, you'll know, I mean, that's how yeah. it is with interiors. Like totally. uh, you'll know when you look back and you're like, oh, that was, that room was done in 2012. Yeah, like, I know, oh, I see that Chevron. You, yeah, I, I remember the that Chevron. Chevron. Yeah. Oh my I goodness. I remember those pillows. Yeah. I remember those prints. Do we think Chevron will ever come back in? Emily. No. Herringbone. Uh, Herringbone, that's it. I mean, everything comes back. Actually, I don't know. Everything comes back. Like, Tuscan is back now. Like, browns. Like, browns and golds and beiges and, yeah, russ. Yeah. Red. See? Yeah. Yeah. See? So, listen. Uh, Anybody out there, if you have your chevron, hold on to it. Yeah. It's coming back. girls at church are wearing butterfly clips. 
in their hair. Like Nothing the surprises butterfly. me now. Let me no. just say that. Yeah. Nothing so, surprises so me. Cute, though. It is. Like so, I was like, oh my gosh, I so see. Cute. I, I kind of like it. It's taking me straight back yeah. to my own eighth grade life. Yeah. Like, yes. So it's great. Okay. Is there, hold on. Is there anything that you feel like you don't like about photography? Like, is there anything that you're like, this, you know, if, if I could change this about photography, this is what it would be. Like as a profession and also just like as a, as an art. Um, I think maybe sort of the downfall with digital photography and with like the digital era is that people don't print myself included. Um, and there is something so beautiful about like a physical, tangible print versus just like, let me show you this beautiful moment in my life. Everything's virtual. Yeah. Um, I feel like I wish that that kind of came back. Do you print photos? Oh, I'm terrible. I'm so terrible. I shoot quite a bit. Like, especially like of my own children, I have so many photos and I'm like, so help me if my house catches on fire, knock on wood, we're in big trouble because Mm. there, yeah. Well, you have just, I just feel like I put everything on Instagram. I'm like, this is all I'll have. Yeah. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. in my house, if I had to guess on the walls, we don't actually have any pictures. Not one. We have a wedding picture. Um, we have some in some frames on like a nightstand, mm. but actually on the walls, I don't think so. Shame on you. I, Guess what? I know. I'm. I don't either. You don't, I don't either. Have one family photo. Yeah, on our walls. How about you? Like, what, what do you have? have? I have two, except they've been yeah, replaced, okay, two. They've been replaced with witches and ghosts right now. So, <laughs> so important. Yeah. It's a barefoot cobbler kind of situation. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I I think it's kind of true. I mean, I feel like that way about my house too. Yeah, so I get it. But that's interesting. So more pe- more printing, just yeah. like the the physical aspect of yeah. the picture. Okay, that makes sense. That's that. I feel like I could be better at that. I could commit to that because my kids love it. They love because they don't get on my phone. They can't see all my pictures. Yeah. But when they can see like it's something printed out, I feel like it makes it feel kind of special. Yeah. yeah. Well, you do do your Christmas cards. Did you know that's a dying art? I, yeah, yeah, I, I want to get your I, take on this. Yeah. Do you do a Christmas card? No. Well, actually, Thank yes you. and no. Okay. Yeah. So at least six times in my marriage, I have printed 75 to 150 Christmas cards. Stop. Don't They're tell beautiful. Me. Don't tell me. I like designed them myself the whole nine. Oh, no. And then I hand out like 10 of them. <laughs> you don't send them. I don't mail them. And because my husband's like, no, no, no. You're, we're done. We're done I'm spending never, hundreds of dollars on Christmas cards. Is it because stamps are too expensive? You no. You just don't like to. It's just a lot of work. Yeah. It's a it's lot of work. It's just because like a pattern in my life is like a lot of um, energy and enthusiasm on the front end of an idea yes. and like not great follow through. Yes. That is the issue. I can relate. I can yeah. Totally Kirsten relate. was telling me that the other day. She'll start projects. Well, I have like a hobby ADD. So yeah. I'm just like constantly like this is fun and yeah. then now I'm overwhelmed. Totally. Yeah. I get it. That's my life in a nutshell. I yeah. Would say. But my, si- my our youngest sister last year. No, no, like, no. This was me. Oh, was it you? This was me. Yeah. And then she, our youngest sister agreed. And so I think it's kind of a generational thing. But Emily was like, I don't, I, I'm not going to do Christmas cards. I was just saying, I, I'm not going to say I'm not going to do them, but I was saying, I think they are kind of a way of the past. Yeah. Like I feel like they're kind of going with the older yeah. generation. But I think like our parents, like I remember being little and my parents getting all the Christmas cards and we didn't have social media. And so people sent out Christmas cards with photos of their families and it would be 
your update, the one update you got since yeah. the previous Christmas. And you're like, oh, I, I love those. Guys. Look yeah. how big the kids are. And now that's we like, just don't we're need more that in now. touch. We're yeah. more connected but, but digitally. This, that's the exact same thing I said. Because I was like, my kids are not on social media. Mm-hmm. They don't see these people. So they get so excited that when they get the card because they're yeah. it's like how we used to feel, you know, like mm-hmm. they don't have the the month to month daily updates of these yeah. people's lives. So they like they love getting Christmas cards. Yeah. And I was like, please let my children see your family. Yeah. She wanted me to just yeah. send her even just a picture of my family <gasps> yeah. so she could hang it on so her cute. <laughs> they Sorry, love I don't it. think they I ever got it. that picture. It's to you. fine. It's fine. I, I no, get it's it. great. I and I'm I'm maybe I maybe I'll do them. I don't know. Yeah. They're expensive. Yeah. A lot of work. So yeah, it's, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. It's kind of sad, but I get it. So what would you say like people are most ignorant about when it comes to photography? I think, um, even like taking your own pictures, like, yeah. Oh gosh. I mean, first I actually think that people are really knowledgeable about photography anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, not me. <laughs> well, you're, you, we're, we're teaching you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, also just because Utah has a lot of really strong photographers it's like like people outside of Utah are like oh like Utah is like a happening place in the photographer in the photography world um so I always felt especially like when I was shooting weddings I was like oh my clients are very well educated they're choosing me based on my specific style and how I run things um because they have options so I, I actually think that Utah Utah does well um I would say I think that people don't understand the amount of time that goes into it before and after and, um, I, th- you know, cause people just shoot on their phones. Yeah. They're like, so, Oh, but I could do this. Yeah. Yeah. I feel and then like, it's not just the camera. Like yeah. people will be like every now and then look at my, the back of my screen and be like, what kind of, what kind of camera do you shoot? And I just want to be like, it's me. It's yeah. not yeah. the camera. It, yeah. I, it's I, like I your talent. expertise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the one that you should be admiring right now. I mean, it's both. Let's be honest, yeah. but I'm like, no, no. It's my skills. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get that in the interior world too. Cause yeah. I think a lot of people are like, well, I could do this myself, but like, I just don't have the time or I don't really know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I like, I could do it. And so then I think people don't understand like how much time, I mean, even just to order things and track them yes. like for a whole entire house. Yeah. Like it's like a full-time job yeah, or just to source things yes. like that part. It's like, yeah, maybe you could have picked that all out, but it would have taken you like 47 hours to look at all the different flooring samples and then be like, oh yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I can the, afford it. And it's you what hire can someone come in to- time come do it it costs money you yeah. know because time is money yeah. so i i get that with photography that totally. makes sense yeah do you have tips for shooting on an iphone like are there any tips you could give for example somebody wanting to create content for their social media yes i would say um learning how to edit well is is really good like or getting into a routine or a system where you're using like the same preset or the same filters that like kind of help you give consistency. I actually think lighting, um, like really choosing good, clean lighting can make a huge difference. So with like, let's get more specific. Okay. Lighting Emily needs some help. Yes. I'm help. not kidding. Last week, I just found out for the first time that if you have your phone like flipped, yeah, the quality is worse. <laughs> yeah. Is that true? Uh-huh. I just told her that. But yeah. I Kirsten told like, me that last that week and I, I was just like, it was like, Emily, oh, flip your camera around. That's, you know, just one of those small things yeah. that would make a difference. I had no idea. Yeah, I think um, that's a big one. Um, I use portrait mode 
a lot. I oh, really, really like portrait mode. And why? Um, I actually think it mimics the look of a digital photo more correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives you like the softer background. And then also my ideal uh, focal length is the two times zoom. Two times? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Write that down. But then do you just have to like walk so far away? Uh-huh. Oh, interesting. It distorts your face less. Do you ever use 0.5? Um, only when I'm trying to be cool. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm always like, what are those numbers for? I just, I just want to do like the reverse selfie that like, like kids do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's okay. really it. Okay, so I, especially two, for like pictures of people. For say that again. Two, the two times zoom, two times zoom is the yeah. sweet spot. Portrait mode. Okay. I love it. And, and do you, would you still say like natural lighting if possible? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Natural so lighting, like what time of day? Off. If let's say I am shooting something in my house, what time of day is best? Um, a lot of times interiors, I mean, number one, I can't say universally because every house is different. Your yes. light's different, you know, your windows and the heights of the windows and the size of your windows, it, it all can change. Um, but if I'm planning shoots inside someone's house, I usually like to do between like 11 and two because usually the sun is high, it's bright, but you don't have really strong mm-hmm. shadows coming from like the direction of the sun being lower. Yes. Okay. I have so, this is like, I just feel so selfish. I'm just asking you all these questions no. about my own Just for your own personal But game. I have so many windows in my house mm-hmm. and it drives me crazy. I love the natural light, mm-hmm. but I'm constantly like, I can't shoot here. I can't shoot here because I just have all this overexposure all the time. Mm-hmm. So should I just wait till it's darker? What do I do? But then you get shadows, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you do, like if I'm shooting an interior, I kind of go through and I'll plan out which rooms we're going to do at different mm-hmm. times of day. Like, if it's east facing, we'll start on the other side, west. Like, yeah, there's not really like a magic answer for it. Also, here's the other thing. Um, iPhones actually have better, um, have a better dynamic range, which is like the ability to like capture highlights and shadows oh. um, better than a lot of DSLRs do. So really? I don't know what a DSLR is. <laughs> it's like a digital, digital camera like with a like a swappable lens. Okay, okay so yeah. it can be done on an iPhone. Yeah. You can make some good quality pictures. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I'm going to test those things out. Yeah, you are going to be, you're going to send us pictures and be like, Emily. Yeah. Did Jessica take these? (laughs) Are these professional? I can't wait to see what you do. I'm going to flip my screen so it's not the wrong way. Portrait two times and then we're going to get some good lighting. Yep. Everybody watch out. My Instagram content is going to just be insane. way better. Yes. Yes. And with that, I apologize for any poor quality I have, have <laughs> I have given you <laughs> in the past you haven't been doing anything right. I just recently started to like try and grow my Instagram and before that I probably posted at the most once a month so it's, it's a big deal. all like a huge learning curve for me it's hard do yeah. you feel like because you're not now marketing yourself as much to just like the normal everyday man yeah it's mostly brands or do you feel like your social media isn't as much of a marketing tool anymore? Like kind of like your blog used to be like yeah. that. I feel like my social media is honestly kind of a dumpster fire. If I'm being totally honest, like I feel like I'm aware of a lot of things that I should be doing and I just like, don't care. Yeah. Like, like because I don't really know how to fix that about myself. You don't need to. I, I think I'm really just like comfortable yeah. if that's I'm being great. honest yeah. and not that I should be, that's not like warranted, but I think always in business there's times that you hustle and there's times that you get to like rest on your laurels a little bit. And I feel like I'm sort of in a little bit of like an in-between place with my business. I don't 
you know, I don't necessarily want to pick up tons of new commercial clients. I really like the ones that I have and mm. my schedule is just busy enough. And then if I'm not busy, it's really easy for me to be like, oh, I'll do some family mini sessions. And like, uh, you know, it's not hard for me to fill the gaps if I want or need yes. to. And I kind of, I feel like I maybe have another shift coming. I just don't know exactly. Mm. Oh, how exciting. Yeah. Stay tuned, I everybody. Love, I love a good shift. Yes. It's scary though, but I, it's always kind of fun. It's, it's so, so good scary. to challenge yourself with new things yeah. and just kind of say yes. To. Well, and I think like you intuitively know at some point when things in your business aren't working for you, when you're not inspired by them, especially in a creative industry, like at some point you sort of like, I don't know, the inspiration dies. And I love my clients. I love what I do, but I'm sort of at the point where I'm like, oh, what, what's the next thing going to be? What's the next angle? What's the next project? And um, those lulls are kind of mm -hmm. scary, but I also, I remind myself a lot, like I was in a pretty hardcore core lull right before I launched presets and presets totally changed the trajectory of my career. It totally changed the opportunities I had. Like it was an amazing big shift. And so I'm trying to kind of be patient. I mean, not like lazy, but patient. Yeah. Just I might be fringing on lazy waiting. at this point. It's so hard to do though. Cause I get, I get anxious. Like yes. I'm like, Oh no, this isn't like the, what I thought was supposed to be happening. Yeah. So this must mean like nothing good is coming my way. Totally. It just makes me like have all this like anxiety inside of me. But I like yeah. your perspective of just being like, I'm just going to trust that it's okay right now. Yeah. And that that doesn't mean that it's going to be like this forever. Yeah. I mean, like, are you even a creative professional if you have not like seriously had the thought like it's over? Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. never going to work again. Yeah, and I'm you've done. had that. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, every January. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, I always like, I'm like, just oh, like, like I'll we're have done. like a, an artistic, like existential crisis. And then I'm like, oh, mm, yeah. it's January. Every January. And I'm you like, just, I'm proud of nothing I've ever created. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, you have so much so to ridiculous. be proud of though. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Speaking of that, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit, but yeah. we, all three of us are members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mm -hmm. I know that is also something you talk a lot about on your Instagram. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious, like a few of the projects that you've done. Yeah. That have kind of like parlayed your work into a little bit of faith-based projects. Yeah. So um, I started talking about faith on the internet probably in like 2019. And I remember when I started, I was like, this is a very bad idea. And my husband was like, correct. This is a very <laughs> bad idea. Mm -hmm. why, why did you feel that like what was making you feel um, that way just because like if you look at you know most people are not mixing like a product or a service with like religion politics yeah they, topic. all the you scary things yeah, yeah. yeah like you push people away sometimes yeah. with that it's, it's you know you want to kind of avoid that they're like my husband was like if you go to the grocery store nobody knows like <laughs> who what religion everybody is and who they're voting for Everyone's like talking about it yeah it's like keep a chill yeah. you know yeah. and i just the grocery store every day <laughs> yeah he's like let's just you know at the end of the day instagram like i don't i don't even really update my website i'm kind of lazy with a lot of that part and well, so well it doesn't look like it yeah and you can appreciate be. that yes <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's fine it is what it is yeah um but I remember feeling like, yeah, this is probably a really terrible idea, but I felt very called to do it. And um, I'd been in kind of a big process of like, kind of a big faith journey, maybe a faith overhaul. I don't know. I was really trying to figure out a lot of things. And um, I felt really alone in that. And I'd felt, you know, I think especially at our age, so many people are walking away from their faith. And, um, and that's actually true of all faiths, not just our faith, like churches mm -hmm. in general, like membership is waning pretty dramatically. 
And I kind of was like, is there a space like where you can struggle and stay and like come out the other side? And I kind of wanted to like be um, open that that had been my experience and that um, the questions that I had ultimately made my faith stronger. And um, it's when I first kind of started like talking about that transparently, it was to this day, like my highest story views, Mm. highest engagement of all time. And do you feel like that came mostly from members of the church or do you feel like that came from a lot of people? Like, do you feel like non-members of the church can still really find value and relate with you being authentic to who you are? I mean, I hope so. I think I've definitely seen people in my life that used to be, you know, watch my content more don't and there's people who have come to me or follow me for that or like I get a a lot the comment like oh I started following you for photography but um your faith content is really like what made me love you most or what What keeps keeps me engaged um so I get that a lot I mean I also not that long ago got a comment was like (laughs) I was like is there anywhere where you only share your photography and I was like <gasps> nope I'm like I'm kind sorry of a package I'm a package deal. deal yeah it's not who I am anymore I'm like sorry go, go find look through let my lens yeah and you will see go, all I my photography some great tips. still yeah. up there some really good photography content yeah so it's it's love I've yeah. loved doing it and I think it's also been interesting that it's led to a lot of different professional opportunities that I wouldn't have had otherwise and so yeah it's can, worked out what are some of those professional opportunities um I think the biggest one probably um was shooting the Gathering Home, which is a book that I co-authored with Emily Bell Freeman and Katie Hughes. Um, and I came on just as, you know, Emily had this idea for a book, um, knew she wanted it to be a collaborative effort. So she brought Katie in and they needed a photographer. And so they're like, oh, like we'll bring in Jess. And then I was able to like um, contribute on the actual content. And it was, it ended up being such a just really cool process. Um, I shoot for Deseret Book a little bit. I've worked with um, Work and Wonder and some of my work's been featured there. I've worked with uh, Multiply Goodness, which is an interfaith community a little bit. And so it's just opened different doors and I've met some really amazing people of different faiths. And yeah. Well, I think what can be, I think what people can relate to with that, even if they're not members of the church, never were, or they left or, you know, all walks of life is that you stayed true to who you are and what you believe. Mm-hmm. And you didn't let the pressures of the outside world change that. And you just went with your gut and mm-hmm. you have seen like different opportunities come because of that. I think everybody can relate with that yeah. because it's hard. It's hard to stay true to your personality when there's so much hate online and there's a lot of fear there's so yeah. much fear when you're like i i'm just safe right now if i just stay just in your bubble yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and i don't venture into this this realm then i'll stay safe and mm-hmm. then to kind of like let your guard down and talk about things i do think one of the things that you're so good at though and why people feel like they can follow you and still feel um accepted is that you are very like open and not gen- judgmental with your faith And I think when you talk about faith, it's very much like, this is me and this is what I believe, but like, I appreciate and respect everyone's journey, whatever that looks like. Yeah. I think, you know, um, there's a concept by Richard Rohr that I really love and it's called, who's like not someone of our faith. I think he's a Franciscan priest. Anyway, very interesting man. And he has this um, concept that he shared called the being on the edge of inside, which is not either, doesn't mean being like lukewarm in your faith, but it means um, having a deep love and respect for like the 
core center of, of your mm-hmm. faith and for leadership and for all of those people. And then also having a deep love for people who are on the outside or who have maybe been hurt by that organization or feel mm-hmm. um, left out and kind of everything in between. And I, I love the idea of like, how do we really love and sustain um, leaders, leaders of our faith and people who are all the way in? How do we love people who are trying to figure it out? And how do we love people who have left or who are totally unfamiliar. And yeah. um, I think, I just think it's really important. That's yeah. I love that because it can be so polarizing. Yes. And I think we live in a world that is really like all about authenticity and all about being true to yourself. And I don't expect anyone to moderate their feelings or beliefs for me, but also at a certain point I was kind of like, I'm also not going to moderate my feelings or beliefs. Like I'll always be respectful Mm -hmm. and I'll always be open to learning someone else's, you know, ideas and beliefs, but I'm not going to um, hide that part of myself anymore. And for a long time I felt like, Oh, like I can't talk about that. I shouldn't talk about that. And I'm like, now if I feel like talking about it, I will. And if I don't, I won't. Like, this is me. This is what you get. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Follow, unfollow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's such an, um, a crucial part of who I am, I feel like I don't always know how to separate that. And so I'm just not going to. Yeah, You don't have to. Do you feel like that's age a little bit? Because I feel that way more so too. Like I'm just like, I'm kind of done worrying so much. I mean, I still do, but. Sure. I think it's maybe being, um, I mean, I think I'm a recovering people pleaser in a lot of ways, but I think it's also realizing you're not going to please everybody. You're not going to be able to help everybody personally, professionally, in every aspect of your life. Like you're going to, be the right thing for some people and not for others. And that's okay. And I think that, you know, yeah, that's sort of where I'm at. So you also, you work within the church a lot with the youth mm-hmm. and you've talked a lot about like the challenges and the struggles that the youth are experiencing today. And I have a teenager, mm-hmm. Emily's far from that, but you'll get there one day. You're, you've got, you're saying I'm far from being a teenager. <laughs> you're or close I, my kids. Are you closer <laughs> to being a teenager than Beth? I think probably, no, yeah, I don't yeah. know. But, um, so I, I feel like she's a teenager many days. That's true. You do kind of have a mini teenager. That's true. But I'm kind of, I'm curious, what do you feel like the maybe parents of youth today are struggling with to understand their kids and how can we be better at that? Oh my gosh. I mean, I think a million different ways. I think, I think the big thing is just that, um, recognizing that the world that our teenagers are coming of age in is so vastly different than the world that we came of age in and the things that worked for us and the answers that were good enough for us and um, the resources we had were great but they're not the same things that are going to work for teenagers now they're just not and I think that our teenagers are faced with so much information so many voices they are so more connected in in beautiful ways to um different parts of the world people from all over you know different walks of life and and that's such a gift but also I think it can lead to more uncertainty about like well what does this mean in my life and why am I making these choices and um and I, I think part of that contributes to the mental health crisis in our country and with young people especially. They're just fed so much information. They almost don't have like the ability to mentally process it. And and actually neither do adults yeah, really. Get that. And so No, there's there is no information, I feel like at least me growing up, I was never taught about mental health. No. Ever. Mm-mm. And I feel like now as I'm getting older, 
more people that I love, I'm seeing struggle with it. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, it's just kind of like a guessing game. Like, where do you go from here? And I feel like teaching the youth more about that, I feel like would be so beneficial. Totally. I think mental health is huge. I think um, the ability to be able to just like talk about our feelings, like, I don't know. I feel like all teenagers have huge feelings, but I'm like, do my kids talk about them more or do we just... We, did we stifle that? As I kids? feel I, I was know. just talking about this with my friends because I was like, I feel like my kids come home from school with a huge pile of feelings, and they yeah. just like stick them in front of me. <laughs> and every yeah. like, I'm not kidding. Three thirty, I start to get like anxious because I'm like, yeah. they're coming home, like, and what's and all happen? the feelings are coming. Yeah, and I don't remember doing that as much. Like I did feel like I could talk to my parents, but I just feel like I kept a lot more inside. Same, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and I do feel like now kids are just used to mm-hmm. just expressing what they're feeling, and then as adults, I don't really always know what to do with that information, like how oh, to totally. handle it. There, I think there's been so many times as a parent where especially if you have a child who's really struggling I've like come to a place where I've kind of realized like oh like I actually can't carry this like I don't have the capacity and the bandwidth to carry and hold all of my own feelings and all of my own thoughts and issues and then do this for and with each of my kids like it just is so much like parenting is just a lot you guys I don't know it's a lot so speaking of that you have four kids yeah. And tell me the age ranges. So my oldest is 16. Max. Yeah, Max okay. is 16. Uh, Lucy is 13. Vivian is almost 12. And then Gus wow. is six. Okay, so. so tell me what it is like parenting those different age ranges. Oh my gosh, it's it's wild. I mean, last year we had four kids at four schools, like oh, preschool, I elementary, junior high, high school. And I was like, I don't know that I'm going to survive this. I think... I don't know. I feel like I've had a lot of friends have talked about like, oh, are little kids harder or are big, kid har- big kids harder or adult kids harder? And really, I think it's just a different challenge and a different blessing with every age group. And there's something that's like really hard and really beautiful about every one of my kids and about every one of their stages in life. Yeah. Um, I do feel like big kids, you know, like I look back at when my girls who are 16 months apart and when they were like, you know, one and two and two and three or even three and four, like those years are um, a bit of a blur. Like I was mm-hmm. hanging on just for getting dear by. life. Yes. It is just like every man for themselves, like physical survival mode. Um, but I think having older kids, you know, it's sort of that classic saying, little kids, little problems, big kids, big it's problems. So, it feels so true And sometimes. just it feels like the stakes are higher. And I just, I remember thinking as a mom, like, I don't, you dream about like babies and little kids and what that's going to look like. I don't think I ever had a strong idea of what the big kid stage would look like. And I've often thought like, I don't know that I was prepared for like keeping alive and sustaining four different human beings with a full range of lived experiences and struggles and emotions and all of that, like what that entails. And that all four would be totally, completely different from each other. Like there's no like, yeah. nobody well, prepares you for this. that. Yeah, yeah. Why can't they just be the same? It would be yeah. so much easier. Yeah. Well, and you recently posted, I, I just started following you on Instagram mm-hmm. and I've, feel like I've learned a lot from that, but you recently posted about how you have a strong conviction that we should be 
treating and respecting our bodies with like more love and respect do mm-hmm. you, did that stem from seeing your youth and their friends like where did that stem from can you tell us more about that yeah oh gosh I mean that one's kind of a complicated history um I mean first of all I can't say that I've always had a really positive outlook on um body positivity and all of that I actually really struggled with body image in high school and in college especially um I had an eating disorder I had a really really unhealthy relationship with food exercise my body and you were a gymnast yes I was a gymnast that's kind of um I think that maybe those were the circumstances that were ultimately like the catalyst Mm -hmm. for my issue um but I don't blame the sport either Mm -hmm. it probably would have happened either way do you think yeah probably Mm -hmm. um but so I think that I've had to think a lot so actually like Um, statistically, if you have an eating disorder or if you had an eating disorder as a youth, your chances of having children with eating disorders is, um, significantly higher. Hmm. I, that is so interesting. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, I struggled with an eating disorder in high school Mm -hmm. and I, I, and I don't know, I was going to say, I think nobody ever truly is like 100% recovered from it totally and maybe that's why statistically with the kids you Mm -hmm. know so I feel like I have been trying really hard with my girls to not focus on you know this is a dessert and you can only have this if you do this and this and this and kind of Mm -hmm. just treating food equally Mm -hmm. not really talking about you know oh I feel like I'm gonna gain three pounds these holidays or whatever it is whatever it may be but what do you feel like for you helped you to overcome that? Like, and what, why, how do you parent your kids differently now with that information? Yeah, I think for me, the main thing is I just don't talk about my body. Like, mm-hmm. I don't talk about what it looks like. I, you know, I talk about how it works and how it functions. And I talk to my girls about how their bodies feel and, you know, all of those things. But like, I don't really compliment my girls like I tell them they're beautiful Mm -hmm. but I'm not like oh you have like you look so good in that like and in relationship to like their weight or their Mm -hmm. size or anything like that um I don't talk about that and I don't talk about it um about myself I think a big thing that I wish that all moms knew is that um the way that you show like show how you value yourself and the way that you show that you value other people is how your kids will learn that you value them. And so if you never say anything negative to your kids about their bodies, if you're constantly berating yourself, or even if it's, I think it's sometimes things as little as like, oh, I ran into so-and-so today. Gosh, they've lost a lot of weight. Oh, mm-hmm. they look so good. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, have you your seen so-and-so? Your kids pick up on that. Yeah. They see that that's your value. You see yeah. that that's how you like qualify people and so I try to just not do it whatsoever that's great so you you're you kind of do that with other people in your life as well as them yeah if your like daughter came to you and was like do I look pretty in this and you'd probably say like yes but what would you try and refocus on maybe like but how do you feel how do you yeah like yeah 
you know, I feel like you're kind of glowing from the inside. Yeah. So uh, to me, I think, I know there are different schools of thought on this parenting wise. I absolutely tell my kids that I think they're beautiful or that they look so handsome or they look so pretty in that dress, whatever. I will absolutely comment, compliment my kids on what they look like. Um, because in my mind, I'm like, mm, if you're an insecure kid, as all kids are, like, in my head, I'm like, if they don't know that I think they're beautiful or if they don't know that their dad thinks they're beautiful, eventually, like, especially for my daughters, I'm like, some boy is going to tell you you're beautiful True. and you're going to like how that yeah, feels. You're like, I want it coming from me. <laughs> yeah. And so yes. I like, I absolutely compliment them on that. I just don't want to only compliment them Got on it. what they look like. Yeah. Um, and I've definitely had kids be like, oh, like have asked questions like, am I fat? Am I like, am I a normal size? Like this or that? And I always tell them that like, first of all, no, you're not. But also if you were, that would be okay. Mm -hmm. And I just tell them that like everybody's different and their size is exactly what they should be. And to focus on like treating their bodies well and, you know, exercising and feeding it well and doing all of those things. Um, with moderation, of course, and yeah, and being strong because you yeah. are both of your daughters gymnasts. Yes. Okay, so you would have to eat to be able. I feel like to be able to do those things, like yeah. you need the energy you to fuel your body. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's muscles. So important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think with female athletes, really the biggest issue is underfueling, if anything. Yeah. So we focus a lot on like, you know, if my kids are like haven't had dinner and they're eating ice cream. The problem isn't the ice cream. The problem is that they need to like be getting the nutrients that they need. So I focus a lot more on like, not don't eat this, but make sure you're getting this in. Like mm -hmm. there's a trend I think among families of like paying their kids to not eat sugar oh, or yeah. to like cut out Did certain that. things. Yeah. Yeah, we, there. I, I was going to say, I think a lot of it was generational. Yeah. I think what I was taught growing up was coming from a place of love yeah and ignorance like mm -hmm. just not quite knowing how to address the situation or, or maybe what health means like i do yeah. think a lot of it was like if you're skinny you're healthy yeah and now i think we know so much more than that yes absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. i was gonna say for me a lot of it i think came from my peers growing up too mm -hmm. like i remember i was playing soccer at recess and i knocked a boy over and he he was telling a friend like, oh, she knocked me over because she's so fat, like she's so big. Mm -hmm. And so I think that those were kind of the pressures. And I think it's important that we are making sure our kids are not that person, you know, yeah. like they are loving and accepting whatever size doesn't matter, you know, yeah, that they don't see people like that. Yeah, like that, that's, that's yeah. not what they, they see. Yeah. yeah. So along this topic, you mm -hmm. shared a really beautiful reel. I loved it. I watched it a bunch of times because <laughs> it was so good. Um, and I, I do feel like you have a lot of content that's very like fun and playful, but then every now and then you'll bring in something that does feel a little bit more, I don't know, meaningful. Mm -hmm. And this was one that really struck me. And your caption said, I'm just going to read it because it was so good. I always tell my girls that having fun is more important than looking good. I hope they never walk away from an experience or opportunity because they're worried about their appearance, but it's not worth saying if I'm not going to model it myself. And this reel was of you doing like a flip. Uh, what would you call that move? <laughs> I was probably doing a flip off the dock yeah, into the water. In something a swimsuit. Like that. Okay. In a swimsuit. So if you need permission to take your swim cover off, let your mascara run, let your thighs rub together while you run and jump in the water. Here it is, sis, because no one will remember how nice your hair looked while you sat by and watched the adventure happen without you. 
I just got the chills yeah. with you so, reading that. So yeah. good. But, but like to actually, what I liked about that is you didn't just write it, you showed it and you showed what that looked like with your kids too. They were diving off into the water with you. So I'm, I want to know how you came to feel that way. Um, I think for me, there's such an emphasis on body positivity, um, which is great in theory, but at the end of the day, like we're still just centering the conversation on our bodies. And truthfully, like right now today is probably, I'm like highly uncomfortable in my own skin. I have a lot of insecurities, insecurities about my body, but like I also have insecurities about like the shape of my toenails and about like other stupid things that I do. And to me, insecurity about my body isn't any more significant than like insecurity about how like I laugh too loud sometimes at lunch. Um, but and it doesn't I, keep you from laughing. No. Yeah. And I think, I think the main thing for me is as I've aged and as I've realized more what is important in life and what I hope to pass on to my girls is that like beauty is great. How you look is great. There's nothing long, wrong with wanting to look beautiful or any certain type of way, but I don't want my daughter's or my own um, worth or my currency to be tied up in what I look like. Like, you know how, like, when you're learning how to, like, discipline children, they always say, like, find their currency, find the thing that they love, find the thing that, like, matters to them, because some kids don't care if you get grounded, some kids, whatever, or, like, as you grew up, you kind of realize, like, oh, like, I'm the funny one. I'm the smart one. I, you know, this is this is something that's like special and great about me that's valuable that I bring to the table. And something that I say to myself sometimes if I'm like, oh, I'm looking a little rough today is no one is my friend because I'm pretty. Like beauty is not my currency. I can feel great if I want to, but like I think that people like me because I'm funny or I'm fun or I'm a good friend or they like my insights or or all of these different things are what make me valuable valuable as a person. Um, and they're things that make me feel good about myself. It's not like my looks are not my currency. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I know a, a handful of people who internalize that as kids and did grow up thinking like, this is what I have to offer. Mm -hmm. And that can be a really damaging thing. As much as it can also be damaging to be like, oh, my value is I'm funny. And you feel like you have to be funny all the time. Like yeah. putting too much stock into that is, yeah. is a problem. But, you that, know. Um, did you read Amy Poehler's book? No. Oh, Wait, maybe I did. I think I did. So what you just said is like one of my, I preach that to everybody. Because she, in the book, someone asked her, um, like, how do you feel about the way you look? And she said, I don't feel anything because that's not my currency. Like, oh, that's, that's not so funny. that's not what I'm about. That's not yeah. what I offer. And I I like preach that all the time because I feel like it it doesn't have to be what your 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 looks is not your value. Mm -hmm. And I do sometimes feel bad for like really pretty people because I'm just like, you just grew up and this is like what you felt like you <laughs> had to offer. You know? yeah. And guess what? Your looks go away. Yeah. That always fades. And then you feel like, what am I worth now? You know? And I think if you can look past that as not, as not a currency, like yeah. to what really you are offering people, which you're right. Like you're, you're not offering your kids like a pretty view of you just like sitting while they swim. Yeah what you're offering them is your presence and your enthusiasm in joining in the activities that they're doing. Yeah. yeah. I could be better about that because I'm like the type of person like, Oh, I washed my hair yesterday. Like 
can't get in the pool. Yep, yep, yeah. yeah. Too, so I too. feel like that's something I can definitely improve on. Yeah. It's hard. I was going to say it's hard because I feel like I'm toying with this fine balance. I'm a health coach and a fitness mm-hmm. coach. And I feel like I'm still trying to find the right balance of like preaching being healthy, but not focusing so much on the look, the looks part of it, you know? Yeah. So anytime I'm like talking to my clients, I try to focus on, well, how did you feel? How did, how did, how did you feel this past week? You know, when you were able to, you know, a client texted me, oh, I could finally do a push up, And that's, I try to celebrate more of those wins, you know, like the accomplishing, achieving goals mm-hmm. rather than just like, okay, what's your weight? Let's, mm-hmm. let's move on, you know? Yeah. So that's what I feel like is really hard. Just trying to find that fine balance of like, I want my kids to feel healthy, mm-hmm. but I don't want them to focus so much on the looks aspect of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I thought that was great. So thank you so much for that. I, that was very brave. I have never posted a picture on Instagram in my swimsuit oh. that I can remember. Stay so, tuned. Yeah. It's coming up, guys. <laughs> I know you have, Emily, and now you have. So i got, I got a challenge next. ahead of me. Get, yeah. get excited, everybody. <laughs> Tell us, like, you can pick two if you don't want to go through your whole day, but, like, daily routine, or if you want to focus on morning routine or night routine or the whole day. I want, we yeah. want What does that look like? Yeah. I have absolutely no routine whatsoever. Okay. In fact, I'm, like, deeply craving routine in my life right now. We, um, my youngest started full day kindergarten and I kind of was like, oh, this is my year. That's amazing. It's super not my year because oh, okay. my carpool schedule is wild. Mm-hmm. I'm like driving all my kids. But you have kindergarten. Next year, first grade. Will be, well, it's all day. He's in all day. Oh. So one of my, um, one of my girls is a gymnast and she, um, goes to gymnastics. She gets out of school early. And so I am driving sometimes four times a day um, wow. to gymnastics so practice. So you're just the chauffeur. Oh, I'm a full-time chauffeur. I like wish so much. Yeah, so you're just driving. Routine. Your routine is you wake up and you drive yes. and then you drive some yeah. more and then you go to bed. I'm not I'm not a morning Eat person at all. Cashews. So my okay. husband a lot of times gets my big kids out the door and then I'll get up like you guys what are not going to lie. Tell us. I sometimes will get up at like eight and my husband will be like, babe, like we gotta get eight's this. not bad. Eight's I thought not, you I mean, were gonna say like eleven. <laughs> eight's perfectly no, acceptable. Eight is not bad. It's it's relatively acceptable, but not so much when your other kids have to leave at like seven forty five or seven fifteen. But your husband gets them out the door. He does. He's That's awesome. amazing. And I'm kind of a night owl right now. So yeah. So what do you do? So at I night? admire that because I'm not a night owl. Yeah, Emily and I are old ladies yeah and oh. we're tired at like 9 30 oh 9 30 like give it, i was gonna say like, like eight every day at three o'clock i'm like i could probably go to bed right now yeah like, i'm so tired yeah oh so, so we envy you so yeah, yeah. your night, night what do routine. you yeah what do you yeah. stay up doing um i stay up doing whatever the heck i want like i feel like my days are so crazy and are so monopolized by like my work schedule, my kids' schedule, the carpool schedule, all the different things. I am such an extrovert, like to my absolute core, but I really crave time to just like be by myself, scroll, read, recharge, like yep. do whatever and just not have to answer to anyone. Yeah. No one's saying mom, yeah. mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No when you're me. scrolling, like what's your Instagram feed full of? Yes. What, is, what are you seeing? What my, is Jessica mine is Kettle's all Instagram feed. Dog videos, pretty much. <laughs> mine's all so many. Mine's all kid videos. Yeah. What are, what mine's are you like seeing? a mix of gymnastics and Jesus. 
to oh, be honest. <laughs> so wholesome. Jesus. There should be an Instagram account you should start. Gymnastics and then interiors. And like good. Yeah. yeah. Gymnastics uh, and Jesus. And then like some good interior stuff. Yeah. And also I've kind of gotten on the TikTok train. Have oh, you? Hardcore. So hard to get on that I train, have, by the way. I don't have the app yet, but I know I'm missing a, I, world, a world of I, goodness. I tried. I stepped my toe in the water mm-hmm. and it was so overwhelming the when i heard that you have to post like three times a day well you're doing content she's just be, she's oh. just casual no, I just consume. so you just consume yeah, yeah. it's um it, it really is like cocaine for your brain i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. so like maybe don't do it or at least don't get into the habit but i will go on record saying that tiktok is the best search engine available to us right now okay like it is like a mix of like pinterest and youtube all at once the search engine like you know you can search something on instagram and it just like yeah you maybe find something you maybe don't yeah maybe some the weird stuff search i don't know how they do it i you they're, i have they're reading so your many mind things yes they yes. literally are like if i'm trying to figure out how to do something or um like like we my girls got really into nails uh, mm. this Christmas, the amount of things that we learned about doing nails on TikTok, unreal. And it comes at you at like a really fast pace. Like there's no, welcome to my channel. It's just like, yeah, here it 30 is. seconds and we're going to give you we're all the information. nails right now. Yep. Get ready. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. maybe we need to hop, hop on that train. Yeah. May, are there some dog videos on there? Oh, there's <laughs> for me? so many dog I think videos. For my Fine. kind of some content. Dog videos. Yeah. Like funny dog videos or cute dog videos or just like puppies. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Funny stuff. The okay. Best. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, maybe I have a new goal. Get get on there. Learn more about dogs. Fast. You got yeah. it. Okay. Okay. We ask every guest this. Mm-hmm. What is something you could confess to being ignorant in that you would like to learn more about? Um, <laughs> this is funny coming from like a journalism major because I should be really good at this, but I'm terrible at politics and current and current affairs. Oh. Like so bad, so bad. But you want to know more. I do. do I would love to. Well, do you know? Do you? I go on the fence. I would love to know more. Like every like election cycle, I'm like, oh gosh, I really should be better at this. Yeah. Like or who do like, I vote for? Yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes, um, like I have one friend, shout out Aubrey, um, oh. who sometimes if there's something really important going on in the world, she'd be like, hey, just so you know, what <laughs> this happened. What just so you're friend. not ignorant Aubrey about Bayon. this. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when my kids were really little. The best is, do you remember when there were some boys who were trapped in a hole in Thailand? Oh, the cave. Yes, yeah, there's the like cave. a movie yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Very I had no idea it was going on. No clue whatsoever. And oh. she started talking. And I was like, I don't know. And she was like, Jess, no, you can't live like this. You got to know. And so when these things happen, she's like, Jess, problem. just so you know, if you're going to be out in public, you're going to need to know that this is well, I love that. Can yeah. she send that to me too? Because sometimes I'm Can like, just, what are I just you talking can't. about? Yeah. So I'm too many. busy watching my TikToks yeah. on how to do nails. I don't have time for nails. You have very important priorities. Sometimes yeah, it absolutely. is nice to be a little ignorant in something. My so husband's really good at like letting me know. Um, there's a there's an Instagram reel where this, it's, I'm sure it's on TikTok too, but this lady, this husband comes to this lady and he says, hey, do you want to know about the things happening in the world today? And she says, no. Yeah. And like, sometimes I feel like I'm just like, I actually just like yeah. don't have the mental capacity. Yeah to download all this really important very serious information but it's good to know that like maybe just the things that are most important that you could grab if you needed from a good friend yeah we had a few reader questions and we'll just do a couple um what i mean i know work-life balance stupid laughable should we even bring it up but how what's your what do you do what works for you 
Um, nothing works for me and I don't believe in it. Yeah. It's okay. probably okay. good answer. So there we go. There's no balance. I think the idea of balance for working moms is a lie. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that you constantly have to be reevaluating. And I also think that balance is really, it's like more like a pendulum than like a perfect scale. Like I feel like as a parent, even if I take work out of it, there are times that like, you know, one child needs a lot of my attention and there's times when another child needs a lot of my attention. And in fact, I feel like I look at the last two years and I had like two years ago, truthfully, like the whole year kind of revolved around this one child. Mm -hmm. And then this year, everything is kind of revolving around the other one. And I sort of think like it's, it's more about seasons and like living a lifetime of balance rather than like, this week I spent exactly this much time with this kid and exactly with with this kid and I did Mm. this many hours of work and this many hours of homework yeah it's just not realistic something has to give Mm. always Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how you approach work and family and church and all the things yeah 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 that's how I always feel you just make a choice in that moment about what gets priority and you like I don't know that kids always come first like family doesn't always come first because sometimes I choose to do other things you know I think like ultimately if yeah. you had to choose, yes. But in the moment, certain things like Are gonna tasks trump. Mm-hmm. will, t- yes, will yeah. trump other yeah. tasks. Yeah. So you're just doing the best you can. Plus yeah. you're, you're just driving anyway. So yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. really, that's I'm just giving balance. my attention to yeah. what needs it the most right, right. in the moment and hoping that long term that yeah. I've like addressed all of the people and things in my life that what's your uh, love language words of affirmation. Oh, yeah. What's your second one? Probably, maybe quality time. Okay. Okay. I would think. Love that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good. But really, it's just words of effort. Like, I just That's... want people to tell me how much they love me. Like, I want my husband. Nothing wrong with to... that. I love that. <laughs> I'm like, stroke Is he my good at ego. it? Does he know? Jessica, we love you. <laughs> we love you. Yes. Your, your hair's so cute today. You're the best, guys. You're just yes. glowing. Yeah. No, I think, and really, I think it's not even so much like, oh, I need a million compliments, but like, I like need him to like verbally affirm like mm, like that he loves you yeah yeah but I'm really good at like getting it for myself like if he doesn't okay. like uh, you'll fill your own cup <laughs> yeah yeah he jokes all the time he'll be like oh did, did we just like need a little bit of like affirmation like I'll make dinner I'm not I don't love to cook yeah. but if I make a really good dinner I have no problem be- being like did you love this dinner that I just made you? It was yeah. so good. Like, huh? let's let's like, talk about it. Let's hear yeah. all the compliments. I want to hear you speak in, like, several complete sentences in a row yes. about and how delicious this was. Does your whole family was. know, like, this is our cue. We got to compliment mom's cooking. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, I'm they like, should know. Whatever. It's yeah. You never get enough validation as a mom. There's no way yeah, around it. It's fine to give it to yourself. I like yeah. that. I like that approach. That's great. Well, Jessica, thanks for joining us. Can you tell us, tell all your listeners where they can find you, find mm-hmm. your presets, everything um yeah you can find me on instagram at jess kettle um or you can call me that's really it perfect, <laughs> perfect. or you can get my presets on jessicakettle.com slash presets yeah, they're so and great. you There's can that. access her blog at well, not anymore no i tried to look it up and it is dead so the blog spot is still alive i was is gonna it, say oh, okay. i found oh, a blog yeah. oh i tried you i guys. looked okay i'm gonna go go deep dive in the a little deeper yeah 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 but mostly just on your website okay. yeah. yeah yeah well thank you so much this was so fun I loved this. yes thank you okay. thanks for our listeners please just make sure that you are subscribing yes. downloading all and the fun sharing. things and sharing